Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is October the 10th, and our passage for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's get right in it. Paul continues on this thought of freedom in Christ versus love of Christ versus doing your own thing and claiming your rights, what you have the freedom to do, what you have the right to do. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, Paul said, if I have not been an apostle to anyone, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. And what he says is, if indeed I'm not an apostle, then you're not saved. If I'm not an apostle, then what grounds do you stand upon? Because I am preaching to you the unsearchable riches of Christ. And if I'm a fake, I'm a charlatan, and I am just making all of this up, and the gospel is not the power of God into salvation, you are still in your sins. And he said, my defense to those who examine me, who are testing me, he says, is this, do we He's talking about he and Barnabas, he himself. Do we not have no right to eat and drink? Well, the answer is, of course you do. Do we have no right to take a believing wife? Well, of course you do. As do also the other apostles. This is what I quoted in an earlier podcast. The brothers of the Lord, that is, the brothers of Jesus, the half-brothers of Jesus, they were all married. Cephas, was he not married? Well, of course he was. You say, how do you know that he was married? He had a mother-in-law. According to the Gospels, he had a mother-in-law in Capernaum. It's hard to have a mother-in-law without a wife. He said, Cephas was married. The brothers of Jesus were married. Or is it only Barnabas and only I who have no right to refrain from working? In other words, we're working so that we don't have to take one dime from you. He said, now who does this? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its fruit? What he was saying is, I have planted you, Corinthians. You should be taking care of me. But he goes on to say, or who tends a flock who does not drink of the milk of the flock? You eat by that. You take care of the sheep. They take care of you. You plant a vineyard. You take care of that. You tend it. You cultivate it. You do it. Well, then that vineyard, you're going to be eating the grapes of it. And so he says, Do I say these things as a mere man? In other words, am I just making up these rules? Or does not the law, the instruction of Moses, say the same thing? Verse 9, for it is written in the law of Moses, the instruction from Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? Is that what he's saying this for? Or does he say it all together for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. For if we have sown spiritual things to you, 
is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more so? He said, look, you wouldn't even have your very spiritual life if it were not for Barnabas and I coming and sharing the gospel with you and bringing you to Christ. And now would you say, no, we're so stingy. We're not going to share anything with you, even though you gave us our very life and being in Jesus. And this is what Paul said about the, and does say continually about the Jewish people. He said, we owe them a great debt. And what is it? Why do we owe that? Because we wouldn't be where we are spiritually without the Jewish people. We wouldn't be. Now, whether you're a Gentile and you like that or not, whether you are reform, non-reform and don't like that or not, it doesn't make a bit of difference. You and I need to understand If it were not for the Jewish people, you and I would not be the beneficiaries of the grace and the mercy of God that came through the words of God, which he created and designed the Jewish people to be a steward of the oracles and the words of God. It was through the Jewish people that the promises and the covenants were made. It was through the Jewish people that we have the Messiah. You say, well, he could have. He didn't. He used them. He created them. He brought them into existence for this reason, to be a blessing to the world. And we owe them our very lives. We owe them our spiritual life. Paul said, it's a little thing because of all they've given us if we help them out financially, materially. And this is what the same argument he's making here about himself and Barnabas. He said, wouldn't it just be the normal thing for you to take care of us because of what we have done in taking care of the youth? Nevertheless, we've not used this right. This is in verse 12. Nevertheless, we've not used this right, but endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who minister of holy things eat of the things of the temple? This is what I was talking about in an earlier podcast. When the offerings came for all but one, the burnt offering, all of these offerings, a third of it went to God, the best part. A third of it went to the priest and the Levites and those who did the Lord's work. And then a third, you got to take home with you and have a sacred meal. And this is how they lived. If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? We're the ones that brought you the gospel. We're the ones that fed you the word of God. We're the ones that taught you. You need to take care of those who teach you the word of God. Because if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be where you are. You wouldn't understand what you understand. And so they need to be taken care of. Nevertheless, we've not used this right, but endure all things lest we hinder the gospel. This is what Paul said. He said, even so, verse 14, so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. And that means that the churches ought to take care of the men of God who lead them and teach them in the word of God. And your pastor is probably not going to tell you that because he can't win telling you that because we are living in such a consumer, suspicious culture and society in the West and especially in America. If a man gets up and says, you need to take care of the man of God, they think he's self-serving. And he might be. If that's the case, then you have to accuse Paul of the same thing. But he wasn't. 
and he proved that. He worked as a tent maker. He sacrificed whatever he needed to do. Did he have to do that? No. The church should have taken care of him. But he did that for the gospel's sake. But I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so to me. Paul said, I'm not writing this so you take care of me. As you know, I didn't ask you to take care of me. I didn't take a dime from you because if I did, I knew that some of you would accuse me of doing what I do for money. I don't think there's a preacher worth his salt anywhere on earth, and especially in the West, and especially more so in America, and especially on top of that in the southern United States, that if they live well, that somebody in the church is not jealous and say, well, I wish I could get by with something. I wish somebody would pay me for something like that. Now, they'll pay a football coach millions of dollars and never have a word about that because, you see, that's important. But the eternal things we don't have anything to do with. When a man goes in and you have heart surgery and he opens you up and he puts you back together and God heals you, yes, it costs a lot of money, but you're grateful and you pay it out. But a man of God can help you to understand what it means to come from death unto life and you're going to live throughout eternity and not be on a surgical table for a few hours, get up and live and live for a while and then die. No, we're talking about life eternal. But if most pastors were paid what most physicians were paid, why, there would be an outcry like nothing you've ever heard. Why, it all has to do with what we value is important. Paul said in verse 16, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For of necessity it's laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. From necessity it's laid on me. Every now and then, a young man will come to me and say, I believe God's calling me to preach. What's your advice? I said, can you do anything else? I've said this over and over. I mean, can you do anything else and be happy? Well, yeah. Well, then you're not, you're not called. No, if God's called you to preach, you can't help it. You're going to. You're going to obey. It's going to eat you up until you do. God help me if I didn't preach the word. My wife tells me I'm like a cat on a hot tin roof. I can't be still. I can't. Why? Because God has put a destiny within me. God has put a call upon my life. And I want to do the very best that I possibly can. I want to be the best teacher that I possibly can. Not so people say, oh, what a great teacher. So they will say, what a great God. You made it so clear that I love Jesus more now than I did before this. You made it so clear to me. It was so obvious to me. This is what the Bible says, that my life has changed forever. I want to be more like Jesus. It's not being like Tony. It's not being like you name whoever it is. It's being like Jesus. And this is what Paul was saying. I don't do this because I get my kicks this way. He said, woe is me if I do not preach, because if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if it's against my will, I've been entrusted with a stewardship nonetheless, and I've got to do it. Woe is me if I don't. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge. He said, I'm not charging you anything, because then that's going to stand in the way of you listening to me, that I may not abuse my authority in Christ. Pastor, listen to me. I just told my elders at a meeting we had this week that I feel like I am overpaid. You say, whoa, wait just a minute. Be careful there now, Pastor, because a lot of us are out here and our people are listening to your podcast and we don't want them to get the idea that they need to. No, 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 no. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I've already been talking about how the church needs to take care of the men of God that lead them. But what I'm saying to you 
Look, I am doing what I must do. I am doing now and getting paid and paid well to do what I have worked 40 to 60 to 70 hours a week and paid others to let me do. Who does that? Professional athletes? Well, if you're a true professional athlete, you're a true baseball player, even if nobody paid you a dime, you would pay to get in and play in a league so that you could play ball if you really love to play ball. If it's all about money, I understand that you've got to get paid, but listen to me. When I had no church to preach in in Dallas, Texas, many who are listening to this podcast will give testimony because they did it with me. We were allowed by the Crystal College in Dallas to get a permit because you had to have a permit. We would go down on Main Street. We would go down on Commerce Street. We would go down on Irve Street, and we would preach the gospel one day of the week, and we would get on the sidewalk and preach. You say, was it effective? Well, people got saved. You say, well, I mean, really saved? Yes, people in three-piece suits, that's what they wore in the 70s. I have knelt with on the sidewalk businessmen as I have preached the gospel. Why, you, a little preacher from East Tennessee, down there preaching to men of great learning and preaching? Yes, why? Because it is not me. It is the message I preach. Yes, it may be foolishness to you, but it's the power of God to those who hear it. It is the life-changing power, and I've had men and women bow with me and kneel with me on the streets of Dallas, Texas as a young man. 20, 21, 22 years old, and pray to receive Christ. And we would follow up to make sure they got into a local church and follow the Lord in baptism and meaningful discipleship. What I'm telling you is that when I had no place to preach as far as a church, that did not determine whether I preached or not. Because God had called me to preach, he had gifted me to preach, he had enabled me to preach, and I was burning up with what the men of God that I learned under and studied under had taught me, and I had to preach. God, help me. Woe is me if I did not preach. I was burning up to preach. Nobody paid me to do that. I did that for Jesus' sake. You say, well, would you do that today? Yes, but I'd have to work. I've got to provide for my family. I've got to provide for my wife. I've got to provide. I would have to work at something else. Could I do that? Yes, and have done it. And most of the men of God in America are bivocational or trivocational or quadvocational. They've got two jobs, three jobs, four jobs. Whatever it takes, you see, this has got to be the mentality that we get back to. Whatever it takes, if we're going to win America, if we're going to disciple America, if we're going to see America change, it's got to be whatever it takes. It's not about us. It never has been about us. And so Paul says in verse 24, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Who's that? The one that's faithful to the end, who runs in such a way that he may win. Now, I know some of you are going to think I'm trying to be a motivator when I say this, and I am. God made us to win. God made us to win. God made us to reach the goal. God made us to be faithful. When we stand before him, he's going to judge whether we're a winner or not by not how many crowns we have and not the notches on our belt, but whether we were faithful where he put us doing what he gave us to do. We do it so that we can win, so that we can obtain it, so we can reach the goal. And everyone who competes for a prize 
is self-discipline in all things. Now, they do it, these athletes in the Ismanian and Olympic Games, they do it for a crown that's made of oak leaves or laurel. It'll fade away. Why, it has no root. It's not alive. They do everything they do. They train. They eat right. They exercise. They are in competition every day for two years getting ready for this and then two more years getting ready for this. Why? Because they want to win. And that is for to obtain a crown that's going to fade away and break up into pieces in a matter of weeks. But the crown that God gives us is worth discipline, study, intentionality. Why? Because it lasts forever. And we'll cast it at the feet of Jesus. We'll lay it at his feet. He said, they do it for a perishable crown, one that's going to fade away. We for an imperishable crown. Therefore, he said, I run. Thus, not with uncertainty, not just out there at random. I've got a goal and I'm going for it. I'm disciplining myself. Thus, I fight not as one that's just out here beating the air. I have an opponent, the enemy of our souls. And he said, I discipline my body and I bring it under subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified, a castaway. May God help us to run the race on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. And that is the glory of Almighty God. May the name of Jesus be praised forever. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.